2: The iPhone 14 launch isn't going that smoothly for Apple. iMessage and FaceTime isn't working for many after activation. Some iPhone 14 Pro and Pro Max freeze after data transfers and there's a lot of videos of the 48 megapixel camera acting weird with third-party apps. Uber confirmed that it took several key systems down in response to a cybersecurity breach allegedly perpetrated by an 18-year-old hacker. And Customs and Border Protection can access your cell phones and other electronic devices without warrant and even keep a copy of that data and hold it for years. Here's a few ways you can protect yourself while traveling internationally. We got all this and more for you in episode fifty-two of the Tech John from Columbus, Ohio. I'm your host, Rob Dunwood,
3: and coming out of Philly is your girl Tech Life Steph,
1: and out of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, aka Brother Tech, aka. Football season is upon us. We got the Premier League starting. We got UFEA Cup. Got the World. Oh, just me. Just me? Just watching soccer?
3: Oh, you all my in bad. soccer now. My bad. Didn't my you
2: bad. just tell me <laughs> that bad. you was I
3: was like, what? You was not in the football, <laughs> but <laughs> you,
2: you meant the football everywhere else, but here mm-hmm. in, in Canada. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Definitely World just football.
2: You. Yeah, I get it.
3: Yeah, Pay it no attention football. to my old school wired headbuds earbuds. I'm trying to, you know, go along with the sound quality requirements that Rob asked for. But my AirPods just don't want to play nice with my PC. So oh, we just yeah. got to do it the old fashioned way. I told you <laughs> I had a link
2: I could send you for some. Like You see, I'm wearing these big cans because I just like them. They feel they're comfortable for me. But I have some. Uh, I can't even think of the name of them because it's like a crazy name. But they basically are like monitors to where they just fit in your ear. You can't see them. They, they loop around the back of your ear. Oh, yeah. Like the, like mm-hmm. the news reporter type exactly. joints.
3: Like an IFB kind of thing.
2: Mm-hmm. So I will send I will send you a link to them because they, they are actually pretty good. They're pretty good.
3: Please do, because so, I'm I don't really want to sit here with these on, but it is what it is. I want the uh, I I the audio quality of the podcast is more important than my aesthetics at this point. So that, all, taking one that for that the one. team.
2: <laughs> See, watch, after this, this episode, we probably gonna get a comment or something. It's like, wow, y'all sounded awesome for <laughs> talking into existence. But let's go ahead and do a talk show. So guys, last week, we spent most of the show talking about the Apple uh, announcements and the new iPhone 14 and all that kind of stuff. But I know, Terrence, there is a, a a bit of news on just the rollout and some things that, you know, some issues that people are having with uh, the 14. So why don't you just tell us what's going on? Yeah, right. So
1: the darling of the Apple event was the iPhone 14 Pro and the iPhone 14 Pro Max, which most people went out and bought, present company included. Um The rollout of the iPhone 14, like uh, Rob mentioned, uh, hasn't been so smooth. Now, I haven't experienced any issues. I would ask anybody that's listening, have they experienced any issues? But There's like three separate issues. Okay. There are three separate issues that some iPhone, just a pro, just a pro max users are experiencing. So the first one I wanted to highlight is uh, due to activation issues in iOS 16 iMessage and FaceTime may not work properly out of the box. iPhone 14 issues include being able to, being unable to receive iMessage or FaceTime calls, green bubbles showing up instead of blue bubbles. So, you know, that's green
3: a no-no. bubbles, the horror. <laughs> right. I was like, what?
1: <laughs> uh, when contacting another iMessage user and recipients may see your messages coming from the uh, incorrect account. Of course, it's a, not a quick fix, but, Once you get the phone, before you do anything else, Apple's recommendation is to update to iOS 16.0.1, which to my knowledge, the only place I've seen iOS 16.0.1 is on iPhone 14 Pro and iPhone 14 Pro Max. If you have a 13, a 12 and 11, I haven't even seen that update available. The, the highest, the highest, um, I've seen is iOS 16. Straight iOS oh, 16. Man. So this iOS 16.0.1 must be a specific update yeah. specifically for 14 pros, pro maxes to fix this issue. I
3: got a prompt as I was switching everything over. It wouldn't download um, or it wouldn't install until because I got the prompt even before all of my iCloud stuff was done transferring. So it wouldn't install until the iCloud stuff was all done and the phone was fully restored from iCloud. Mm-hmm. But once it got restored, then it just went automatically and did, and did the update and, and it was cool. So
1: yeah. So I didn't get no updates at all, but knowing this information, I was like, let me go ahead and check settings, software update mm-hmm. and go ahead and update this before I start touching stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So if you are experiencing those issues, uh, first and foremost, you need to update to iOS 16 dot. 0.1. So that was the first issue. Second issue that I found is Apple is investigating a bug that may cause iPhone 14 Pro and Pro Max models to freeze after customers transfer their data from an older iPhone. Company said today in internal Memo, as a temporary fix, Apple advises customers to do a forced restart if their iPhone becomes unresponsive for more than five minutes. So basically what happens is doing the transfer, whether you're doing the if you put your phone, your old phone next to the new phone, mm-hmm. or you're doing like, like Stephanie did an iCloud backup, if it takes too long and your phone times out, that could be to this bug. So the fix is to do a force restart. This is different than just shutting down and restarting your phone. So you actually have to do like press the volume down button, press the volume up button, and then press and hold the other button on the side. I call it the sweet sleep wake button and hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it until you see the white Apple logo on the phone, let go of that button, and then it will continue the transfer. So that was another issue that a lot of people were experiencing. Not a lot of people. Let me say not a lot of people. There's no numbers. It was enough for them to report on it. So it had to be a substantial number. The last one was some users have discovered problems with a forty-eight megapixel camera when used with third party apps. Specifically, the camera might malfunction in some social media apps like Snapchat, Instagram, and TikTok. And the, the specific thing that you're looking for is iPhone fourteen and pro max owners took the to social media to show a buzzing noise coming from the camera, which is that more video problematic. Was
3: crazy.
2: Yeah, it was like a a
1: like a bee that or a little wasp Yeah,
3: that video stuck. was really crazy. I'm like if yeah. that was my phone doing that Yeah.
2: I mean crazy it, really, it sounded like the vibration motor was just stuck on. So
1: Right, right, mm-hmm. right. So uh which is more problematic than the failure. Um, to focus during Snapchat use. So again, I hadn't experienced this issue. I actually used okay. the Snapchat cam. I'm not Snapchat, Instagram camera to like film a little unboxing. So in my stories, I did like a little unboxing and did the video. And I was using the Instagram video camera. I didn't film the unboxing on my iPhone camera and then upload it to Instagram. So again, I didn't experience any of these issues. I put tweets out and. Updated stuff. I didn't hear anybody having any issues. But again, like I mentioned, it was enough for them to report on it. So if you are under the sound of my voice experiencing any of these issues, you might want to check on your iPhone 14 Pro and Pro Max. And-
3: I would be curious to hear some numbers for this. I mean, you know, I don't say, well, my phone's fine, so it should be fine, but I'm grateful that uh, my process, my process went super smoothly. I actually got my phone earlier uh, than it was expected to be delivered. Um, the whole, I, you know, putting the two phones together and doing the transfer, the e-SIM, the phone number, like mm-hmm. everything really went very, very, I was surprised at how smoothly it went. Cause I typically, you know, as much as I'm a tank expert, I kind of u- usually like to let the people at the store handle that part of it. And just, mm-hmm. so I don't have to be responsible if anything goes wrong, but, um, you know, I had pre-ordered via AT&T, they sent it to the house, put the two phones together, everything transferred. Um, and then I just put the old phone back in the, in the box and, and shipped it back. And, um, it was, it was really, really a seamless, seamless process. And I haven't had any issues with my phone so far, thankfully. And, and I was, I'm very, very satisfied with it.
1: Yeah. And to take a step further, a lot of people had questions about how that eSIM thing was going to work. And not only did that work smoothly when mm-hmm. I went into the store to pick up my phone, the, um, the, uh, representative, um, I don't know what you call it. Apple specialist. That's what they're called. She said, uh, is it, are you, is this going on your, uh, wireless carry that you're currently using? I was like, yeah. She's like, is it this number? I was like, yeah. She's like, all right, you're done. So when I went and did the transfer, moved everything over. Yeah, was it? Yep, yep. And then in addition to that, they made it even easier to remove your old phone off of your iCloud account. They were like, uh, do you want this phone on your account? I was like, no, it was, like, all right, we're going to take it off for you before you had to make sure you sign, you had to sign out of your iCloud and you got to make sure you enter your this and to do that and to do this, it mm-hmm. was like, do you want this phone anymore? I was like, nah, it was like, cool. We got you. <laughs> That's good
3: I story. did have to do that sign out of iCloud and put my password in. And I think it's cause I was doing it at home, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it was super, super simple. Did you get the phone, Rob?
2: So, Brian, I know you said you it, were going yeah. to. My, oh. I don't get mine until the 26th. I didn't, I didn't order mine the, the day one. I, You know, R- it was rookie. decision after. Yeah, so I didn't get a day one. So mine comes on the 26th. But let me apologize to Earth because I've had at least two people independently of each other tell me that the reason that everybody's having so many problems with the iPhone is because I decided to get one. Mm. <laughs> I know that if you think about that, it makes no sense. You but tip uh, the
3: Earth on its that, axis th- that, with that, that revelation. Is <laughs> it is
2: like... You know, I, I've had iPads. My children have had iPhones. There have been iPhones near me, but I guess when I go and get one myself and things don't go smoothly, it's my fault. So my bad. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I, I, I will, I will think about that next time. So like I said, my, mine comes, I, I think, uh, in about a week or so. So I'm And, gonna, and Wayne in our I chat. Did. Yeah. And Wayne in our chat mentions,
1: according to nine to five Mac via Bloomberg, there will be a software update for the buzzing camera next week. So, uh, I wouldn't continue using it. I would shut that joint off. I would go <laughs> get wait. a different
3: phone because the, oh, yeah. the, the article you, you posted in our, in our rundown, Terrence said that that buzzing may damage some internal components of the camera regardless. So even uh-huh. if you get the camera fixed to stop buzzing, it may already have some damage that you don't know about. So I would be taking that phone back. If my camera's buzzing, that phone's going back. I don't care what kind <laughs> right. of update or fix. I want a new phone. I just want a new <laughs> phone. And I think, you know, anybody should probably think about that because again, your phone, even though it may stop the buzzing, the, the, the software update may fix the buzzing, your camera may already be compromised. So I would go ahead and just take that phone back.
2: Yeah, I I agree with you on that, Stephanie. Because I was looking at just some of the videos of people showing their phone buzzing, and Mm -hmm. it's not like a a, like a slight little hum. No, no, that that, it literally sounds like. You know, I don't know because I don't have one, but it sounds like the vibration motor is just going in overdrive on these things. So I'm I'm the same way. If it's doing that, it's like it shouldn't have been doing this.
3: Y'all can have this thing back. (laughs) I
2: I want no kind of problems with it. While while it's, while it's fresh and you and you still can,
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. take that John back.
2: So, guys, for our next story, uh, this one was and it, it still is a story. It's, it's still kind of unfolding in, in what's happening, but Uber got hacked last week um and it doesn't look like it's an insignificant one so uber confirmed last thursday that it was responding to a cybersecurity incident allegedly perpetrated by an 18 year old hacker this caused the ride-sharing giant to take down some of its internal systems including slack to which the hacker posted hi at here i announced i am the hacker um and uber has suffered a data breach so um uh, What's really interesting about this is that, uh, you know, the first thing is that Uber clearly they had to come out and put an announcement out. They, they took systems down because of this, uh, some of the systems that this, uh, perpetrator apparently got into. What's interesting though is that Uber is saying that it doesn't, the, uh, let me give the exact quote. Uber stated that there is no evidence that the hacker access sensitive user data like trip histories. Um, that is to me. A non-statement. They're not saying that he didn't access it or she didn't access it. Or they didn't access it. Mm-hmm. They just say that they don't have any knowledge that that actually happened. That's not making me feel any better. Um, because when you think about it, uh, people are asking the question, well, what should I do? Should I reset my password? If this hacker got the data that too late. he's saying he got, it's <laughs> yeah, too late for that. <laughs> if you reset your password is not going to help because they, they, they could change the password for you if they chose to do so. They can get you know, pretty much, you know, in, into what, you know, pretty much everything. So it looks like they had access to their Amazon S3, to like their Google, Google cloud services, to some Microsoft stuff that they basically had everything keys to the kingdom in this one. And. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean,
3: no, I was gonna say I was really disappointed in Uber's response. I mean, I know they have to try to minimize the the panic, I guess, um, that comes whenever something like this happens, but they they didn't do a great job of of PR with this one.
1: And not only that, you know, it really wasn't all I mean, of course it was technical, but according to this, you know, Uber was according to this, they used social engineering. Somebody just got tired of getting bothered with uh, messages, so they just let the dude in. (laughs) And (laughs) that's the thing.
3: I'm like, why didn't you call tech support? Like, that's the if you're getting these MFA requests over and over and over again, you don't just get frustrated and say, "Well, well, damn, let me just accept."
2: Here's how it happened. And this is how social engineering happens. Basically, you're not hacking anything except people. You're using psychology to get past folks. Uh, yeah. So what, so this is what this hacker was doing. They essentially were sending. Um, what we would call two-factor authentication requests to someone's phone. Um, the, the best way I can think of it is that, you know, if you got a Gmail account, anytime you log in, I would imagine there's a lot of folks with brand new iPhone 14s that didn't transfer data over. They're just logging into them for the first time like I will be. And you just type in like your Google account and then on an, on an older device or in your email, it'll come up and say, is this you? And you'd have to click a button that says, yes, it is. And then it'll allow you to finish doing whatever you're doing on the new joint. This person for an hour just kept sending this, you know, these requests to, uh, you know, basically to the, you know, to, to, to the pond that they were going to ultimately hack, uh, and get in. And after about an hour on WhatsApp, they contacted them as someone and that's from I, IT.
3: Has said, IT hey, you know, ever done it, that? Like ordered- that, that employee, I'm sorry. That employee, I don't think they should be fired necessarily, but clearly. Some retraining needs to happen at Uber because there's no way that you let this go on for an hour and don't call tech support and and then on that WhatsApp. somebody is going to call you on WhatsApp, and if they are doing that, that's a problem. If if your IT people are are reaching out to you via WhatsApp in general, that's another problem as well. Uber Uber security is is shady AF. I'm sorry. Maybe
2: maybe they use WhatsApp as an internal. Uh, that would be process. ridiculous. Who knows? I, I don't know if that's the case. Yeah.
3: That would but be absolutely like, now,
2: I was thinking the same thing because this isn't regular everyday person who just goes and is working the regular. Uh, Well, no, it probably is a person who's working a regular nine to five at Uber, but a regular person that has ridiculously elevated, elevated privileges or at least access to get them. So you would think that uh, the person who ultimately was compromised and allowed this hack to happen. Would have had more wherewithal. But I just think this is this is, this is where know. we are, man. The, 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 you know, you have and to be right every single time. The hacker only has to be right once.
3: You think about... Um the, the, the guy, Peter, whatever, that's putting Twitter on blast right now, uh, for not all sure. their security holes and, and talking about how many randos have access to, to stuff that they don't yeah. even need to have access to. So I wonder about yeah, who this person actually yeah. was. And I mean, not to, you know, I, I, I hope this doesn't sound Shame elitist them. or, yeah. or whatever, but somebody in HR may not necessarily understand the level of security you need to have as as opposed to one of the engineers like i don't see one of the uber's engineers doing this and saying, oh, let me just allow it because it's been an hour. They're probably going to be like, why do I keep getting these? I shouldn't be getting MFA requests for an hour under any circumstances. And then I definitely shouldn't be getting a WhatsApp message about it after all of that. So I'm wondering, you know, based on, like I said, that Twitter example, more people than necessary may have access to more data than they need. And you can target somebody who maybe doesn't necessarily understand all that goes into MFA and 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 the communications between IT and, and employees and stuff like that. And and it could be easy to do. Uh-huh.
2: Let me just say this. Um, engineers, developers, folks you would think that have more wherewithal. They're people and they don't. I have seen
3: (laughs) data center man (laughs) people
2: people who literally work in data centers where you have to use a key card to get up in that joint, who have picked up loose uh USB drives and plugged them into not their computers, have plugged them into terminals (laughs) in a freaking data center. I've seen that I've seen that happen before.
3: That's um. Crazy. So
2: the fact that somebody, you know, basically got social engineered for this, it doesn't somebody shock me. Got, just, got. Just, yeah, mm-hmm. they, they got got, and it's like, um, I'm I'm kind of with Terrence. I don't know what else, you know, Uber could have said. Um, you know, to this because they still don't know what's going on. The, you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's a non-statement that they're making. It's like Oop, Uber no can't get right. They just there's can't no get right at all from, at all. from the previous, previous
1: regime to this regime yeah. to their, uh, drivers who want to be empo- employees to so now right. they got security issues. It's like. It may be time for everybody to start using
2: Lyft. This is a type of right. social engineering hack. It, it even has a name for it. So it is called MFA fatigue or an exhaustion attack. When it's basically you just keep bugging somebody to the point that they do something stupid. That That That's is crazy. essentially what this is. I'm going to keep I bugging mean,
3: you until you do something but dumb. But dang, so, come on, man. We got to I mean, what's be the, than-
1: every year? At these companies, especially tech companies, you have to sit through that dumb uh, training to mm-hmm. where they talk about social Multiple engineering, times a year. social engineering. And it's like <laughs> if you're going to go through the if you have to be if you have to sit through that, you would think at the very least, all right, well, let me pay attention to what's going on. Let me just do this. And it's like it's like if if if. People are gonna do this. It's like, why
2: even do all the training <laughs> in the first place? Oh, if I something as right simple that, as that, <laughs> there's
3: there's anyway. new Come there's on, new
2: man. Uber employees probably this week and last week that is uh going through this, and they quiet they, what what they call it quiet quitting right through the the video. <laughs> they ain't paying no kind of attention to them. So, but even though, not, he's just, but not really, but not even
1: but but. Yes, absolutely. They're not paying attention. But at the same time, it's just like, come on. Yeah, this was this was this was
3: bad. This was this was like, meh. like, it, it, I can see it. those emails. You get those emails that look really, really authentic and cause they're getting a lot better with those. And, and you know, you 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 panic because it, it seems urgent and you click a link or whatever. But this was just like. Mm -hmm. I just don't know why at any point during that time when they were being pinged with this notification, they didn't say, why do I keep getting these notifications? Like, why didn't it occur to you to to wonder about that and inquire about that and and ask someone, you know, that could help you understand why you were getting these notifications? That just doesn't make any sense.
1: And uh, I surmise or I speculate because I had this problem uh, with companies I've contracted for. People use their work devices like their personal device. Mm-hmm. So what they do is they work at a flashy company. Company gives them a laptop. Company gives them a mm-hmm. tablet. Company gives them a phone. And what do they say? Why am I paying for this bill for this personal phone or this personal when device? But I got this
3: phone right here. I could
1: just use this exactly. work device. So they exactly. have all their family mom and them call the work number and they're actually using their Work device as a personal device, so when dude buddy got pinged to death, he's like, "All right, well, I can't just if you had it on the work phone, you could just ignore those messages because the work. It's like, no, I'm at the party, I'm at the club, I'm with my family, I'm getting these messages. Let me just go ahead and accept this and get it over with because mm-hmm. I'm using this as my personal phone. So that's my that could my be speculation. That definitely
3: could be.
2: Yeah, um, one reason like I I I have been the person to have to carry two phones. It's just but it is what it is. It, it is what it is. Uh So so I get that. I understand that. And as I was writing this story, I was trying to write it in, the you know, in a way that well, what happened? Why did that thing happen? And what can we do about it? And if you notice, there is no there is no what can we do about it in bold because there's nothing we can do about this except sit sit here and hope. All we could do is hope at this point point. and hope is not a strategy, but all we could do is hope because folks are saying, well, what if I cancel my account? Doesn't matter. They already have your information. You know, That's if it. they, if they got your information, they have it. There's nothing you can really do at this point to, no to mitigate that because yeah, this wasn't like, well, they got your pat, you know, got access to your passwords. You can go research your password and then you're good. It's like, no, they have access apparently, allegedly to data, Uh, as far as in one of the things that the hacker did was in talking to other, you know, security folks, they started posting receipts. They basically, you know, started screenshotting. Here's access to this server. Here's access to that server. And so some folks are saying is like this thing is far from over. And, And one of the things I wanted to read here is that they actually, uh, let's see here. The, uh, They they also gained access to Uber's bounty program, suggesting that they might be aware of security holes in the company (laughs) that it hasn't necessarily Mm -hmm. fixed yet. So not only Mm -hmm. were they able to get in, they were able to get into the system of the things that we – here's the list of things we need to fix that we have not told Earth about.
3: A Um, whole mess.
2: So this – this is one of those ones where you just have to stay tuned because I because I wish I could give you a, well, here's what you can do to protect yourself. Maybe if you've never signed up an Uber account, you just hold off on it. <laughs> you might be able to protect yourself that way. But if you are in Uber system as of last Thursday. Yeah. You may have somebody, uh, you know, your stuff. Your, somebody may have your data and we kind of have to wait to see what the uh, post mortem of this ultimately is going to be because saying that, uh, uh, well, you know, it, no one, it, it doesn't appear that anyone has, is actually accessed this data is not good enough. You need to know that they have, no, it, or if no. they have what you're going to do to mitigate the, you know, the fact that they've actually gotten to that data. We still need to hear that from Uber.
3: And all you can really do right now is just keep an eye on your bank account or your credit card statement and just, you know, look for suspicious activity and just, just monitor that, you know, for the next few weeks and, and make sure that, um, they didn't actually get access to that data.
2: Mm-hmm. And like I so said, just so many other tech angles go from this. If they know where you've been, you know, we've talked about this basically since Roe fell, we've been talking about this. If they can use your phone or use your data to find out where you've been. Um, you know, they can make start making some assumptions about who mm-hmm. you might have seen, what you might have been doing. Mm-hmm. This is this is just not a good look for Uber. So some stay tuned bad rabbit this hole. One. I am I am certain that we will be talking about this one again. Certain we'll yeah. be talking about this one again.
1: Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300.
3: See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.
0: Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite.
2: So we're going to get into our, uh, you know, our last story here. Um, and Stephanie, I know you stuck this in the notes,
3: mm-hmm. but,
2: uh, it's, I, I would be willing to a bet, you know, because when I read the, when I read the article, it read as though there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people just, they know that, you know, uh, customs and border protection might have your data. You, they, they may be, you know, you know, if you travel that they can get this data from you. I don't think a lot of people do. Um, I don't think they do either. A lot of people will be shocked, you know, if this happened, but ultimately, um, you know, for the last 15 years, I believe they've been able to take your phones, take your laptops, basically take your electronic devices and pull your data off of it without a warrant. And, um, you know, there's a couple of stories about that. So I wanted to let you go ahead and tell us what's
3: going on. Yeah. I just wanted to read something real quick to, to kind of get to the extent of what they've been doing. Um, Data copied from devices at entry points into the United States, including airports and border crossings, get saved for 15 years in a database searchable by thousands of CBP CBP employees without a warrant. Uh, The data includes contacts, call logs, messages, and photos from phones, tablets, and computers. It could also contain social media posts, medical and financial information, or Internet browsing history. And, um, according to the report, this practice has been going on since 2007 with users' personal data being accessible to over 2,700 CBP agents. These agents don't need a warrant to access the da- database, nor do they have to record the reasoning behind why they're accessing certain information either. Government officials add around 10,000 each year to the database. So they just out here being real, real reckless, um, and, and random with the collection of our personal information. And it, and it's pretty crazy. And that's just like, like you said, I don't think a lot of people really understand because you think, you know, if you, if you're at a border or you're trying to get back in the country from vacation or whatever, and they say, well, we, we're going to need to see your phone. And maybe they kind of scroll through it real quick and, 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 you know, you get it back. You think that's the end of the interaction, but it's not, you know, this data is, is, is being saved for 15 years. It can be accessed, you know, whatever's on there. So um, I I think this this is pretty serious enough for people to understand what's happening.
2: So I've known about this for pretty much all of the 15 years that this has been legal for, um, you know, Customs and Border Patrol or Border Protection to actually be able to do. And the reason for that is because when it came out, the company that I worked for, they actually made us change the way we traveled internationally. So this is before broadband was where it is now. And you can just send loads of data at the snap of a finger. I mean, it, it took a minute to send, you know, a couple terabytes of data. So what we would do when we would travel, um, you know, particularly like our dev teams, our product management teams and our, you know, our sales engineering teams, because they had data and product on, you know, their devices when we would go overseas You would literally pull your hard drive out and just ship it wherever you were going. So Mm. that if, if, you know, if, uh, you had your laptop looked at for any reason. Um, well, there's no data on it that could be actually used. Now you would, you, right. you, we actually had two hard drives. We would put one in there for, uh, you know, our work and then one so we could get through because one of the things is that they'll tell you, you have to be able to turn your machine on. If your machine does not turn on, that makes them more suspicious. So it turns right. on, boots up a blank version of Windows, or if you, know, I guess you could have done it with the Mac if you were doing that, uh, you know, back in the day and didn't have any data on it that you were worried about. Uh, we, we weren't so much worried about the privacy from The, you know, our personal privacy standpoint, we were worried about what happens to all of these documents, all of this company internal information that is now just sitting in some database that anyone can access without warrant. So that was what, you know, um, a company that I worked for um, actually did. And you know, in, until this day, like on on a phone, um, would what, what you say tears? You mean you let that battery run dead? Um, you know, before you get on, it's like, I, here's what I know: I can charge back up when I get on a plane. Right. Um, and, you know, I can charge country- back up. You know, I got a battery in my pocket. I can charge back up when I'm, you know, in you know, in the car. I don't need to have my phone on me when I'm trying to get back into the, you know, um, you know, into the country.
1: Yeah, and one of the co- uh, companies I used to work for, you know, they um with mobile devices, they were like, look we just got to send you over there with a new device. And like you said, ship your real device over there if you need to reach out of contacts. And this may not even uh, apply to the average person, but there are a lot of people like Rob said that work in highly sensitive companies doing highly sensitive information that the country that you're trying to leave or the country that you're trying to get back into, they may be interested in that data. Now, of course, they're not going to. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I don't know. They're sifting through everybody. OK, who are you? You work for so and so and so. OK, what do you do for them? OK, yeah, we need to look at your device specifically to see if there's any national trade secrets or whatever. But I mean, just look at all the the hubbub that's going over with the uh, uh, previous president now and information that he was uh taken out of the White House and boxes and things like that. That's in, important stuff. And I'm not saying the average Joe uh, rises to the level of that type of information, but you never know what country might be interested in the information you have on your device. And since we're all transferring data, we're all storing the data, we're all using these apps that store and transfer data. See Uber, you know, the previous story we talked about, you know, it may be that much easier nowadays for company or for uh, co- governments To get access to this data, if they've identified you as somebody, they want to hold that data, hold on to that data.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah. Like I said, I I don't want to disparage anyone who is working for, uh, you know, for border protection or in customers or anything like that. But you just never know, Um, because if you've got something on your phone, if you've got something on your laptop, we we hear about things all the time. Well, how did that get leaked out? You know, we we hear about leaks. How did how did that come out? Well, here is a way that it could. If you a have a way, a very easy way that copies all the data off of your uh, device, and they don't even have to have a warrant to do it, and they don't have to have a warrant to access it. And any one of these people is now able to access this data, this in this database for fifteen years. Now your stuff you on never TMZ, know. It's like you
1: know, <laughs> I, you know it, exactly you, you, you,
2: it, exactly. Th- this is exactly how. This stuff could potentially happen. I'm not saying that it has, but I'm saying that the potential for it to uh, is there. So, And for all
3: of those people that are like, if you didn't have anything to hide, you wouldn't be. It ain't about that. It's about personal privacy and my right to that as an American Mm -hmm. citizen. Now, I will say. Um, for U S citizens, you are not required to hand over your phone. If CBP says we want to search your phone, whatever. However, if you decline, they have the right to confiscate your device for an unspecified period of time. Um, they're allegedly only supposed to keep it for like three to five days, but people have said they've had their phones gone out of their possession for months and months at a time. So just keep that in mind. If you want to, you know, wrap yourself up in your American flag and, and be like, I ain't doing that. I, I, I'm i a citizen. I have rights. They might take your phone and, and then right. they can do whatever they want to do with it anyway. Um, mm-hmm. What you can do is uh, to Terrence's point, power down your devices, let that battery run down uh, to nothing, encrypt your data, strong passwords, of course. Um, you can put it in airplane mode. Uh, that was one of the um, suggestions I had, I, I saw. And then, I, I- then
1: i was going to say another thing you can do in, I don't know about Android, but iPhones, you can go in and turn off the ability to connect your device to other USB devices while the screen is locked. So that's another one. Mm -hmm.
3: There you go. There you go. And then to keep in mind that different states have different guidelines on this. So you know depending on what your vacation looks like and 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 how you're getting back into the country you may want to consider a state that has more stringent guidelines for CBP saying that they can't do these things as opposed to going into a state flying into a state where they just given them carte blanche to do whatever they want so um that could be you know that might Extend the length of your trip. You might have to catch an extra flight or whatever. But if you think it might be an issue, because they did say they were targeting, you know, Muslim, uh, citizens quite a bit of course and they different are. things like that. Yeah. So if you really feel like this is going to be a problem maybe it's happened to you before and you're like dang it every time i leave this country i got to come back in here to this nonsense well maybe if you don't fly into texas uh, but flying into jfk it might be a different experience for you so uh you want to check with each state and on what their on what their policies are
2: so um like they say only ten thousand uh, a year
3: Ten thousand is a,
2: is, a, is, a, is a big number I, you know I, I think it would be more than that as well, but mm-hmm. I am telling you I have personally had this happen to me now once again it wasn't on a phone, it was on a laptop, and I didn't and they didn't they didn't actually plug anything into my laptop, but I actually did have to open it up log into it. And, you know, uh, they actually started just scrolling. I don't know what they were looking at, because once again, it they didn't have anything didn't on they it. it was, there was nothing. There was literally nothing on there They're trying to um, hassle you. That's right. Right. It was just a hassle. But, the, you know, but they legally said, hey, we need to hang on to this for a second. They could have taken it back, plugged it into something and tried to record every single thing that was on that drive. And yeah. once they have it, they have it.
3: Yeah. So
2: just just be mindful of that. When you are traveling internationally, uh, when you come back, uh, when you go, you're, you you know, you're subject to whatever the country you're going to is. So you just kind of need to know those. But coming back is what we're talking about right now. When you're coming back into the United States, Mm -hmm. this is where they can do this. And actually they can do it when you leave too. So they can make sure that you don't have something that you know they listen to want you to Smuggling have to actually country get out of here something. too. So when you so when you're traveling internationally to and from the United States, this is something that can happen to you at the US uh, you know, Border Patrol and Customs. Or just save Excellent. your money. We got a
1: recession coming, save your money. Right. <laughs> don't so <take> go nowhere. <laughs> a, a intern,
3: see America. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like there's some right. states in this union you probably haven't <laughs> been to yet. Just just All go right. see America. Like just get hang a, out. Rent your car,
1: a rent your R V. And just, right, just chill out. Right. <laughs> you ain't got
3: to be on the on the beaches and, and flossing. you know, trying to go and to and
1: Ibiza, right, okay. right. Mykonos. Portugal
3: and all of that. Like just gotta, stay old behind
1: right. put for a S- for Especially a with this recession coming. Save Listen, your money. Stack up.
3: Save your money. <laughs> yep.
2: <laughs> so y'all, guess what time it is? Yay! Um, it is the Tech John spotlight time. We we haven't done one. Um, in a while, so uh, I found one, um, and as I say, almost every week, you just never know um, the black they are. You know the things that black people have actually created in this country. So this week. We're going to be talking about Dr. Emmett McHenry, and I'm putting the doctor on there because he has an honorary doctorate from an actual university. I'm going to give him his respect and put at the front of his name like th- that was not the case in Wikipedia and some of the other biographies that I looked at. But uh, today's spotlight shines on Dr. Emmett McHenry, computer, um, excuse me, company builder, entrepreneur and co-founder of Network Solutions. We've probably all heard of that company before. Emmett McHenry grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, attending Stewart Elementary School, Carver Middle School and Booker. T. Washington High School. He received his BS in communications from the University of Denver in 1966. He enlisted in the United States Marine Corps, where he attained the rank of lieutenant. McHenry earned his MS degree in communications from Northwestern in 1979. Along with Ty Grigsby, Gary Dealer, and Ed Peters, Emmett uh, founded Network Solutions, initially a technology consulting firm focused primarily on systems programming services um, in the IBM environment. We know Network Solutions today as a domain register. The company first operated the domain name system registry under a subcontract with the U.S. Defense Information Systems Agency, or DISA, in September of 1991. In 93, Network Solutions was granted an exclusive contract to be one of the sole DNS registers for top-level domains, um, .com, .org, .gov, .edu, and .net. And it also serviced .mil under a subcontract with Boeing. Today, um, network solutions is still a top four domain register with over 6.8 million registrations, um, you know, that it's managing. Um, Dr. McHenry was later went on to serve as an assistant dean and instructor at Northwestern University. His accolades include an honorary doctorate from Shaw University, the uh, Marine Corps Sunset Parade Guest of Honor for his contributions to the nation's C4 capacity and is determined, uh, excuse me, and the chairman's award for the historically backed colleges and universities foundation. Today, Dr. McHenry is CEO in partnership with his son of Akura and chairman and CEO of Defense Manufacturing Incorporated. Um I so don't
3: for me, this man started the company that like lets you name your websites.
2: Anytime up until ninety-nine that you got a dot com, a dot gov, a dot net, a dot mill, a dot org, you got it from Network Solutions. Um and this bruh That's was crazy. one of the co founders of that company.
3: That's crazy.
2: So, he is falsely attributed with being the father of um d- domain names that is not him He, he did not invent dNS um, mm-hmm. that happened uh, you know a few years before him he He didn't do that. What he did was he actually came up with who is and he was the first oh. one to put this into databases where they could actually go out and sell this so that he basically productized uh, right. dNS um, you know, for the government. And he, was, he was working on a government contract for the first couple of years. And then when they actually privatized that or took it public, you know, took it private sector, uh, he got an exclusive contract to where from 93 through 99, he was the only company or his company was the only one who could actually, you know, give those top level domains out. And the only reason that that changed was because there was like a class action lawsuit that said that it was a monopoly. And, no. you know, so, so he, that and was and only because it was the also, brother. Yeah, you might say that. Uh, (laughs) you might think that because they, you know, they actually did find out that, uh, or or they, they found that it was not a monopoly and that, you know, the company was cleared of any wrongdoing, um, because it wasn't doing any wrong. But because of the heat, they decided, nope, we need to go ahead and let these other contracts, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Mm -hmm. open up. So now you have, I think it's like 980 different domain registers throughout Earth that uh, you can actually get these top level domains but network solutions was the first company to do it they're still a top 4 and this bruh is the that's founder crazy. of
3: that's crazy so can you name the the schools he went to the the elementary middle and high school he went to
2: so yeah so he started off um you know attending stuart elementary school he went to carver middle school and booker t washington high school
3: yeah, that's why I, I was like, OK, like I, who I wonder who Stewart was, because I'm like, I mean, you yeah, know, Washington
2: Carver and Booker
1: T. Right. How do you get how do you get to go to all these
3: schools named after black folks? Like, I'm I'm jealous. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> well, re- remember, he's he's 77 years young. So he actually went to a school during a time when the law said you had you couldn't go to whatever school you wanted to go to. So. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that was one of the reasons why And you say he's uh, from
0: those,
3: those, he's from Mississippi, from Jackson. No,
2: he's from Oklahoma.
3: From Oklahoma. From, OK. Um,
2: from Tulsa,
1: Oklahoma. Yeah, okay. side note, side note, you know, integration, man. Two steps forward, but I don't know how Listen many far, how Let, far. Don't we?
3: Even, that's a whole another conversation, man. We, we was whole doing all right. I'm just saying. We, we was doing, doing bad, but we
1: was doing all right.
3: We was doing all right. I'm just saying. Um, I ain't saying I don't want to be integrated, but, but we was doing all right.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Professor, uh, you without know, without the uh, Tanya, resources that way back when on and... episode eight, she talked about uh, what happened in uh, just outside of Tulsa. And was it Green, Greenwood? What was the name of the city? Greenwood. Uh, so yeah, when you start yeah. doing better than all right, it's happened. Not just once, it's, it's happened multiple times. That's and just the, the, the multiple most. Multiple times. It happened multiple times. So, but yeah, the the, uh, like I said, it's, I, I, I love when we do these spotlights because this is something that you would have never known. Now, you have to give as much credit to his three co-founders because it wasn't just him. It was him and three Mm -hmm. other dudes. Mm -hmm. But, you know, his name is the first name. Uh, You know, he was the, you know, like, you know, the big dog in the company at at one point. Mm -hmm. Granted, he had co-founders. Um, and he's gone on to do, you know, you know, additional things. Like I said, you know, he, he went back and was teaching at, uh, you know, at Northwestern in the, you know, in the late seventies, early eighties. That, that, that itself is, you know, is a feat. So it's just yeah, interesting to me that it's like, man, a black person actually is who allowed us to uh you know Listen, if you if you me.
3: lifted up the lid on a whole bunch of stuff you know you would probably very likely to find a person of color there that did not get credit for that thing uh, even as a part of a team you know what i mean it just and, and it's a shame that when we say this it sounds like why are you bringing up race? Why are you? Bring-? That's because we don't this recognition matters and the representation matters. And, you know, we can get into the whole Halle Bailey and and, and Little Mermaid like representation matters. Um, we'll and that the, for the, after the idea that, that, that this type of thing needs to be unearthed and recognized and given proper credit um, is 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 would go a long way to um, dismantling white supremacy. Honestly, you know, it would, it would certainly help. It would certainly help. So that's all I got to say.
2: You know, I will say it like this. Uh, If you look at someone like Dr. Emmett McHenry, I had never heard of the brother until I researched this particular story.
3: Right. But I just heard of him today.
2: Today. I learned the, the, the kind of thing that he did is much more attainable than running as fast as Tyreek Hill and being able to catch footballs is much more attainable than being able to shoot mid range as good as Candace Parker can. Um, You know, it's, it's much more attainable than trying to be Serena. It's much more attainable than trying to be, you know, LeBron James. It, it, it is just, you know, you can study and get to here. Right. Um, there's no question that he was he was at the right place at the right time with the right friends uh right when he came out of grad school. Oh, you know what? This DNS thing is going to be something we can monetize. And they went and they mm-hmm. did it. Mm-hmm. But they went and they did it. It was I mean, it was a thing. That they, you know, that they actually thought up and, and came up with. And, uh, those kind of things, these, these kind of heroes are, you know, what the things that they do, they're actually attainable for many, 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 many folks. So that's why I always say representation matters because it's just the fact that you can now look at this person and say, wow, this dude just started a company. Um, when he got out of grad school, you know, you know, did some IBM stuff for 10 years and then figured out, you know what? We can probably monetize selling DNS names.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, so you like, let that. me get creative and, and think about a, something I can do.
2: Exactly. So I love doing these spotlights, um, you Spotlight. know, uh, every couple of weeks when we have one. And this was a good one because I was like, wow, this Network Solutions. I remember I bought my first domain name in 1993. I know somebody worked at it it. Network Solutions. I know somebody worked at Network
1: Solutions when I started getting in a blog and he was trying to get everybody to buy domains via this company from
3: him. OK, mm-hmm. did you mm-hmm. buy one?
2: No, I had one before and then ran into him later. Yeah, I got my first domain name in 1993. I have a domain name that I still use today that I got in 97.
3: So So you got it from them.
2: I got it from (laughs) Network Solutions. Yeah, that was the only place you could get them at the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's this bro.
3: That's crazy. So
2: guys, it's it's, it's that time We at the end of the show where we got to tell the folks where we're from. So uh, Stephanie, why don't you go ahead and let the folks know how they can get at you?
3: You can follow me all around the web at Tech Life Stuff and stay tuned. com is coming. It's almost done. I'm, I'm very happy with how it's shaping up. You keep saying that I'm not doing it. I'm, I, I outsource <laughs> to uh, another woman of color and, and, and it's not been her uh, that's been slow. It's been me getting back to her with the stuff that she needs to get it done. Um, but it is coming. And I, and I think I may do some sort of kind of online launch, like some kind of live or I'm thinking about that so you know everybody that's watching and listening right now stay tuned i will definitely try to put something in discord um with some some sort of link or something like that that you can come and join me uh to do this launch i'm just trying to figure out what that even looks like and what would make sense to actually look at a website online um but it is coming like i said the pages are getting done i've been improving pages and and back and forth um But yeah, stephaniehumper.com on the way. But in the meantime, you can follow me all around the web at Tech Life Steph.
1: (laughs) And you can find me all over the internet at Brother Tech, that's B-R-O-T-H-A-T-E-C-H.
2: And you can get at me everywhere at Rob Nunwood. And also we are pretty much everywhere at The Tech John, The Tech J-A-W-N. So come check us out on Twitter. That's where we seem to be hanging out the most. So folks, till we meet in a week's time,